differently today. In preparing for, preparing the message for today, I looked at a few things. And for me, the key thing is to praise and worship our God. And it doesn't matter the language. Praising God is still the same. And he hears it all the same. We're going to look at some lyrics on the screen. And we're going to hear the song as well. And let's flow with it. If you do know it, we can sing along. But I've specifically chosen this because of the words in it. So Joe will put this on the screen for us in a minute. Nara, it's called. It's a song of thanksgiving, thanking God. I cannot tell it all. Nara If I had 10,000 tongues, it still won't be enough. When you heal, you heal completely. What shall I render to Jehovah? For he has done so very much for me. What shall I render to Jehovah? For he has done so very much for me. Nara, Nara, Nare Kele, Nare Kele. Nara, Nara, Nare Kele, Nare Kele. Nara, Nara, Nare Kele. Nare kele, nare kele. 
Done so very much for me. What shall I render to Jehovah? For he has done so very much for me. Hallelujah. And indeed, you see, worshiping, praising him. Sometimes that's all we need to do. If you look at those words carefully, what shall we rend down to him? He's done so much for us. Thank him. He's the living water. He is God Almighty. You see, it says, even if I had 10,000 tongues, would that be enough to thank him? Certainly not. That's the God we serve. He's God Almighty. So indeed, the question this morning is, what shall we render unto him? What, what shall we render unto him? What can we do that will suffice for all that he has done and continues to do in our lives? Amen. There is nothing that we can do that will ever, ever compare with what he's done and what he's doing. Amen. You see, he's, he's in a covenant relationship with us. It will help if I add my sheet here. With him. He's in a covenant relationship with us. And in that covenant relationship, he's the senior partner. It means he's the giver in any relationship. It's not all relationships that are equal. In our relationship with God, we don't come on equal terms. He's God Almighty, and we are his children. So he draws us to him, and he gives. We take, we accept, and we follow. We say, okay, what would you want me to do? And the question for us is, what shall we render unto our God? For he's done so much for us. So many things. I don't know if anyone can answer this. But I'm sure we all know that our God has done so much for us. What shall we give back in return? Can we ever repay? Never. Christ laid down his life for us. Can we ever repay that? No. No. No, no, we can never. All we do is accept it and flow with him. And say, Lord, what would you want? Follow him in his way. And you see, many times we have questions, and it's okay to have questions, but the thing is, we shouldn't dwell on those questions. There are the why questions, there's the how questions, there are the when questions. Why me? When? How? Why me, God? How, God? How did this happen? (laughs) But you see, we can question all we want. Sometimes you question and you not get a response from God. He'll say nothing. He's quiet. What do you do then? Do you walk away or do you still stay in his presence and say, Lord, speak to me. What is it you would want me to do? We have to continue to flow with him because he knows best. The interesting thing is he's standing in tomorrow. He's standing in today. And he's standing in yesterday at the same time. So he sees it all. 
We don't. We know what happened yesterday. We're going through stuff today, so we can talk of that. We don't know tomorrow. He knows. Sometimes that very thing that you're craving for, that you're asking for, that you're wanting so badly, he knows that that same thing will lead you elsewhere. It will take you to a point that he doesn't want you to go, a point that will not be good for you. And so you find that there's a blockage. You can't go the way you thought you would want to go. But then do you say that because that hasn't happened, we don't serve a good God or we don't have a good God? Certainly not. We do have a good God. All his ways are perfect. All his ways are perfect. You may not, we may not see it now, but you see the plans and thoughts he has of us. They are of good and not of evil. They are of a future and of a hope. Surety, victory. They assure you of victory. You and me both. We walk in victory if we are obedient to follow his path. And that's the way of the Lord. But many times we have those questions. Why? Sometimes we question scripture. We question because we don't understand. We don't understand because we're using the natural mind to to try to interpret what the scripture is saying. It's not everything in the scriptures that you can interpret carnally. It has to be by the spirit. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to get those words to come into us and to to be quickened, let those words come alive to bring a change. That's the only way. Otherwise, we are forever going to question the scriptures. It's not all that we understand. Even something that you thought you understood, maybe a few weeks ago, a few months, a few years ago, you see it differently. When the spirit opens your eyes and your understanding, you get a different perspective. And you see that, oh, this is what I've always thought, this is what I've known. But God shows you another angle. He shows you another perspective. And that's why we must flow in him and with him at all times to help us to understand. And sometimes it's interesting. God says we are blessed and highly favored. True? True? No? Yeah. And we believe that, no? But you see, being blessed and highly favored, you who is blessed and highly favored, comes across a challenge, an obstacle. What do you do? Do you still see yourself as blessed and highly favored? You begin to question. You begin to question God. Oh, but you said I was blessed and highly favored. So why is this happening? You see, God knows best. He knows why he's taking you through that, to make you a better person, to bring you to the right place, the right time, In all things, we must remember to give thanks. Yes, he says you're blessed and highly favored. Believe it, accept it, walk in it, no matter the challenge. He never said you will not face obstacles. He never said that. Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They stood up to the king. What happened? They were thrown in the fiery furnace. You would have thought that, okay, because they stood up for God and have said it's only God that they will serve and no other God that would be it. They would not go through that process of being thrown into the furnace. You would have thought God would intervene there and then, put a stop and maybe strike the king down or just protect them somehow. But he didn't do that. He made them go through it. They were blessed men and they were truly children of God. And yet, they were put through the fiery furnace. And we wonder, 
But God had a reason and he had a purpose. You see, having been cast in the fiery furnace, they were not burned. Nothing happened to them, even their hair, their clothes. That's strange. The fire had been heated several times over. So much so that even the people who threw them in got killed at the, at the door. So can you imagine if they hadn't entered, they were out there and were killed right there because of the power and the heat of the fire. What would happen if these three men were pushed in? Obviously, by the time they got into the center, they'll be gone. But lo and behold, they stood. Clothes still intact, hair intact, body intact. In addition to that, there was a fourth person in. You see, the thing about God is, he doesn't say that he won't let those challenges, those problems come our way. But rather, what he'll do is, in the midst of it all, he'll be there with us. That's what he said. He'll be there, right there with us, in the midst of those challenges, those difficulties. So when those challenges and those difficulties come, let's not look at them and say, oh, I'm defeated. Woe is me. Oh, I'm down. Oh, I've had it this time. Rather, what we should be saying is, what shall I render to Jehovah? For he has done so very much for me. We just say that to him. That's what Paul Silas did in the midnight hour. You see, when all seemed lost, they were chained, nothing seemed to be happening. What did they do? They decided to praise. Praise him, praise Jehovah. And you know, I'm going to say it this way. It may shock some people, but I'll say it this way. (laughs) God loves to receive praise. And he dwells in that praise. As you praise him, he dwells in it. And he acts. He moves. So let's walk in praise. Let's praise him at all times. In the midst of challenges. You see, that's the mark of a strong person. Strong in quotes. Because if in the midst of our challenges, we can still say, God, you are God. From beginning to the end, there's none like you. You are God Almighty. You are more than able to accomplish all that concerns me. And this matter that has come, I know that you take me through. Just praise him. Lift him up. Lift up the name of God. If you don't have words to say, words to pray, sometimes when the challenge is so hot, so tough, you may not even be able to pray because we let them so overwhelm us. But one thing you can do, even when you can't pray, is to worship, is to praise him. Lift up your hands and praise him. Just praise him. Just praise him. Just praise him. Just give him thanks and he will come through. He will come through for us. Many a times, <laughs> I'll, I'll use this typical example, Gideon. Remember the, Jew, the Israelites were going through a hard time. They were being harassed and oppressed by the Amalekites, the Midianites, and so on and so forth. So much so that they feared they had hidden in caves and other areas because of fear. And they were being terrorized badly. God had let the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the ites deal with, deal with them well, well, well. So there was fear because every time they planted these people came around and destroyed everything they had done. So that was a very tough and difficult time for them. Now in the midst of this all, 
God appeared to who? To Gideon. The interesting thing. Gideon was hiding somewhere, minding his own business. And that's, that's the God we serve. You think you're minding your business, and he comes to interrupt that business that you're minding. He throws it all away and puts you on a new path. So Gideon's business was disrupted. Here he was hiding away from these Amalekites and Midianites and so on and so forth, grinding corn. Can you imagine that? Then he's told, thou mighty man of valor. Huh? Mighty man of valor? Afraid of these Midianites, these Amalekites? And you call me that? I would have just taken a look. Are you talking to me? No. Because I don't feel it. I don't look it. That's me hiding, running away from these people. And yet you call me a mighty man of valor. God knew what he was doing. He called Gideon a mighty man of valor. And Gideon asked him to prove certain things. God did it. He's so patient with us. He did it. He went through all those things. Eventually, he got Gideon to come around to his way of thinking and asked him to select men that he would use to fight against the Amalekites and all the Midianites and all the ites in the area that were terrorizing them. He selected, you know, he went through that process. 2,000 and it whittled down to about 200 people. You see, the reason God did this, God would have, could have let him just choose, okay, then, uh, go with the 2,000. But he didn't want it that way. He wanted it to be very clear that it wasn't their doing. It was his power and his strength that would defeat their enemies. So you had just this handful of people, untrained men, soldiers, put it that way, going to fight these battle-hardened people who had been attacking all the area. And what happened? They won. You see, God had put into him that he was a mighty man of valor. We are earthen vessels. We are the unfinished product, the raw, raw material. God comes, messes us up a bit. It's like, let's take dough or mud or clay. God comes, he mashes it all up, mixes it all up. You think maybe you were a big lamp, big ball of clay or dough. You thought, oh, you're the right, yeah, that's me. God came around and said, oh, no, you're better than that. You are this, you are that, you are this. And there's doubt in your mind. It's okay to have doubt, but don't stay in the doubt. Don't stay in there, begin to move. He said it, so he must be right. You must start walking that way. So he comes, he mixes it all up, and he presses them, he says, ouch, 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 shipping you getting you to the final thing that he wants you to be. He shapes you and prepares you. He gives you that strength, that capability, that ability. And then he says, go and do it. That's what he does. Moses, Moses, Moses. Moses was afraid to go back to Egypt. And he said he was a stammerer. God found him a solution. Your brother will speak for you. We can throw all things we like at God, but if he's determined, that you're going to do X, Y, Z. He'll make sure that there's provision for you to do it. He will strengthen you and he will equip you. We go not in, in our own strength, but in his strength. 
It's not by power, nor by might, but by his spirit. You see, the word says in Isaiah 40, 31, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. It's not in your own strength. It's in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not a spirit that gets tired. Never. So, remember, if God has said it, go with it. Because it's not in your own strength or ability that you do this. It's, it's in his power that you are able to go. See, so mighty man of valor, somebody grinding corn, being called that. You would have expected it to be a seasoned soldier who knew battle and knew strategy. But you see, God takes the foolish things and uses them. The same thing, same thing happened. David, David Goliath. There's no way David should have stood before Goliath and killed him for that matter. What happened? The power of God upon him caused him to defeat and destroy Goliath. So that's what God does. When he comes into a situation, he turns it around for our good. Doubts, doubts flood our minds all the time with all that's going on around the world. There's reason to doubt. But the thing is, what has God said concerning the situation? Or rather, have we asked God about that situation? Have we turned to him and said, Father, teach me this. Show me the way. Give me wisdom. Because you see, without his wisdom, you will get it wrong. We will get it wrong. He's the one who gives wisdom. Wisdom that's above everything else. Wisdom that will confound even the wisest people. Say, oh, this guy, how did he get that idea? How come he's the one saying this? Where did he get that knowledge from? His discernment, wisdom. And when God gives it, nothing can surpass it. So what has God said to us? Has he called you a mighty man or mighty woman of valor? As he said, you are the one who's going to do this or going to do that. You may have doubted. We may have doubted. But the thing is not to dwell in that doubt. The thing is to rise up and ask God to lead us. We should rise up and ask God to strengthen us. We question scripture sometimes because we don't understand. But the thing is, we need to go to the one through whom it was written. The one who gave inspiration for the writing of the, of the scriptures is the one we need to go to. He's the source. If, for instance, you're driving a BMW, a, a Nissan, or a Ford, whatever car you're driving, Mercedes, whatever, they have created or made these cars, manufactured these cars or these items to specific specifications. They know the ins and outs of the cars. They have the blueprint, everything concerning it. You may have a problem with it. When you have that problem, the best place to go is to the manufacturer. They made it. They know it. They understand it. They expect it to behave in a certain way, and they know how to correct those things when it goes wrong. So they are your best bet. In the same way, our maker, he created us. He created us. He's the one we need to turn to at all times and say, God, direct me. Order my steps. 
direct my ways. What is it you're saying to me, Father? Sometimes we will not get answers straight away. And God does that. He's sovereign. He can decide, okay, oh, let, let her wait. Let him wait. This is not the time to answer. At the right time, at the appropriate time. And his times, his timing is always to perfection. We may expect an answer now, this minute. But God can make you wait and wait and wait. Sometimes it does feel like you've waited forever. That's not easy. That's not easy at all. Especially if you're the type of person who likes to make things happen. You want things to be going on. You don't want to stand still. You want things to be happening. And God says, stand still. Or his, his, his non-response means you have to stay still and wait. How do you? Not an easy thing to do. But then you still have to look up to him and praise him and to give him thanks and to walk with him for strength and ask for strength to go through the challenge, the difficulty, because it's not easy to go through those challenges. And we must always remember, he hasn't forgotten us. We are not forsaken. He's never blind to our tears. He's never deaf to our prayers. And he's never silent to our pains. It doesn't mean he's going to give you an answer now, this minute, because that's what we expect. It's interesting, isn't it? We, we live in the, um, how do I please, how do I say this? Um, instant generation, where everything is just on the fly. Now, now, let's get it. Okay, we got this. You want this, you get it. I, <laughs> I remember growing up in school and all those things. You had to wait to go to the library. So if on Sunday, for instance, if the library wasn't open, you have to wait till Monday. And I think the library is opened around 9 or so, 8.39, I think. I'm just doing this for a moment. These days, you don't have to wait for anything. I can decide on Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, just log on, search an item, and instantly I get loads of answers. That's the instant generation. But you see, all this information. That, this is too, too, I call this information overload. Too much information. It's interesting how in the midst of so much information, we do so little with it. We have a lot of information, and yet we do so little with that information. But when the wisdom of God is upon you, you're able to discern, select the right information, the appropriate information for the appropriate season, for the right time, for the right place, for the right person. That's what he does for us. That's the God that we serve. There's none like him. And he's not blind to what our challenges. And this reminds me so much of Lionel Peterson. He's a South African uh, musician. Uh, songwriter who wrote a lot of songs and one of his songs comes to mind now that song he called peace and it goes this way I will worship the Lord for he is worthy I will lay down my sword the prince of peace is his name King of the flood, the Lord is mighty. 
the Lord can quench the evil flame. Peace when trouble blows, Jehovah sees, Jehovah knows, he is my peace. When sorrow nears, Jehovah sees, Jehovah hears. You see, all these songs are very encouraging. Pick them up. Peace when trouble blows. Just as he said, peace be still when there was a storm whilst he was with the disciples on the boat in the river Jordan. He commanded peace. So, when you are in that troubling situation, remember to say, peace. Declare peace. Peace when trouble blows. Jehovah sees. Jehovah knows. Even before it happens, he knows it's going to happen. He is my peace. He's the prince of peace. When sorrow nears, Jehovah sees. Jehovah hears. The Lord can quench every evil flame. The Lord is mighty. If he is mighty, then it means nothing can overcome him. Rather, he can overcome all things. And he has already overcome. Prince of Peace is his name. We don't fight for ourselves, but he fights for us. His name is Jehovah Nisi, Lord our banner, and who fights our battles for us. In the midst of the storms, he, the, he rises up. Remember when Joshua was going to battle, the Lord of hosts came. And Joshua questioned him. And when Joshua realized who he was, what did he do? He listened and he obeyed. He was obedient. He is the commander of the hosts of heaven. He is the one who fights for us. He's already won the battle. All he says is, walk that path. Take what I've already done, what I've already completed. The interesting thing is, I'll say it this way, and please hear me as I say it. We don't walk with God. We can't keep up with him. It's the other way around. He walks with us. He is the one who walks with us. He's the one who came down to save us. He's the one who chose us from the foundations of the world. He chose to save us. He is the one who does the choosing. He is the one who does the walking with us. So he walks with us. And he waits for us every time we fall behind. Because he knows we are flesh, we are human. And he's patient with us to hold us and to take us along. Remember I started with saying, by saying he's in a covenant relationship with us and he's the senior partner in that covenant relationship. He's the giver. He gives and gives and gives and gives and gives. We receive and take and follow and go with him. That's the partnership. That's the covenant relationship in which we are. He chose to save us before the foundations of the world. He chose us. We didn't choose him. He chose us. 
What kind of God is that? You see, that's why it's a relationship. He's the one who is chosen. We didn't choose him. So if we didn't choose him, we are not the ones who are going to go and decide to walk. He decides to walk with us. He walks with us. He leads us. He directs us. He orders our steps. He orders our steps. He orders our steps to ensure that we go the right way, that we take the right path. That's the God that we serve. Can we quickly look at um, Isaiah 40? And we shall start from 28. Do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So you see, it's not about us finding our own way, but finding, relying on God. Hope in the Lord. Those who hope in the Lord renew their strength. So we hold on to him because he's the one who gives us strength. He's God Almighty. He doesn't want us simply to claim his promises of protection. For instance, as we read in Psalm 91, he that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'll say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, and so on and so forth. He doesn't want us just to say those things, but actually to walk in his protection to come to him. He wants to draw us close to him because in his presence, you experience all that. In his presence, you experience all that Psalm 91 says. A thousand shall fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but they shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you see the reward of the wicked. This happens in the presence of the Lord. He wants to draw you close to him for you to experience that. You see, running to him shows closeness. Parents always love it when their children run to them, not when the children run away from them. They like it when the children run to them. I say that again. Parents always like it when their children run to them, not run away from them. They want that closeness. They want that closeness, that bonding. God loves us so much that he delights in us drawing close to him, coming closer to him, having a true relationship with him in all that we do. That's what God likes. Can we do that? He is God and he is Lord. 
There's none like him. Let's look at Matthew chapter 11, please. Matthew 11. He's always calling on us. And we'll see here. Matthew eleven twenty-eight onwards. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, he's talking of the exchange, an exchange here. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. It says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy burdened. Are you troubled with situations, circumstances, so much so that you can't handle, you can't deal with it? He says, come, come, come to me and come and make that exchange. Exchange it. That burden that you're carrying, that burden that you don't want to let go of. He says, give it to me and take mine. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Don't you like that exchange? He says, exchange it. Exchange those troubles, those issues. Exchange it for mine because I've already conquered this. I've already finished. I've already won the war, the battle. So take it. Take it from me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. That's what he's saying we should do. But sometimes... Sometimes we like to use those burdens as crutches, don't we? We probably want to have a pity party. Sometimes we love pity parties. Woe is me. Oh, poor me, poor me. Oh, why me, why me? The answer is already there. Come to me, all you who labor and, have, and are heavy burdened. And I'll give you rest. And he's talking about exchange. You see, so he'll give us rest. Rest talks of peace. It talks of peace. It talks of peace. It talks of peace. And he says, exchange. My yoke is easy and my burden light. So that offer is open to us at all times, every day of our lives. The offer of exchange, that exchange hasn't ended. It's ongoing. So anytime we are not at rest, we are not at peace, anytime we feel burdened, we need to remember to go to him and do the exchange. We need to remember to go to him to do that exchange. Hallelujah. Let's remember. It's free. It costs nothing. Just let's go to him. Do that exchange. For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And he'll give us rest. See, Jehovah sees peace when trouble blows. Jehovah sees. Jehovah knows. He's my peace. When sorrow nears, Jehovah sees. Jehovah hears. See, 
it's, it's good to flow in these songs and it's good to read those lyrics. Let them have real meaning. Absorb those words into your spirit. Absorb them. Absorb them. Let them become a part of you. We need to absorb them into us so they are part of us at all times. The Prince of Peace is his name. He's the king of the flood. Are you overwhelmed by a flood? A flood can represent every situation that seems to overwhelm you, that seems to engulf you. It doesn't literally mean flood as in water flood. It can be any situation. He's the king of that. He made it and he can order it to change course. He can order it to turn around. He can order it to stop. You see, because he's put his hedge of protection around us. A hedge that the enemy cannot and will not penetrate. That's why in the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could not be harmed because his hedge of protection was around them. His hedge of protection was around them, just as his hedge of protection is around us at all times. Let's walk in his peace. Let's exchange our restlessness. Let's exchange our difficulties, our challenges, for his, his peace. Hallelujah. He's such a good God, isn't he? And when you read his word and when you listen to praise and worship, I I have a strong belief that with some of these uh, praise and worship songs, these people who wrote them must have had some personal experiences for, the, for it to flow this way, it seems it's talking to me about a personal experience that they've had. What's our experience? We go through similar challenges. Let's remember that in the midst of that challenge, we praise him and we lift him up. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Joe, can you put the song on again, please? We'll just end with this one again. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you about this. It's a collaboration between an African-American gentleman and a Nigerian gentleman who came from nothing. He came from nothing. I was researching this thing. He came from nothing. God picked him up. I mean, he was raised, there were seven children raised by a single mother and they had nothing. They had to hawk goods before they could go to school every day. That's the background of this chap. And suddenly, he was just plunged into, so he moved from his village into the town where he knew nobody. He knew no one. God picked him up and dropped him in a church where he was developed, where his circumstances, his situation, began to change and turn around. He wrote that song. That's from a personal experience. What is so hard about the challenge or difficulty that we're going through? It's not impossible for God. He knows best and he's capable of taking us through. Jesus, Nara, Thanksgiving.
Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. It's so much for me. I cannot tell it all. Narekele mo. If I had 10,000 tongues, it still won't be enough. Narekele mo. When you heal, you heal completely. What shall I render to Jehovah? For he has done so very much for me. What shall I render to Jehovah? For he has done so very much for me. Nara, nara, nare kele, nare kele mo. Nara, nara, nare kele, nare kele mo. Nara, nara, nare kele. shall I render to Jehovah for he has done so very much for me hallelujah done so very much for me 
What shall I render to Jehovah? For he has done so very much for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So indeed, that's our question. What shall we render unto him? He's done so much for us. We don't have a reason not to thank him or to praise him. If you look at your life, looking back in your life, seeing all that he's done, you have a reason to be thankful. We have a reason to be grateful. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.